Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions, and the News stands for news. Maybe someday we'll, we'll claim the opposite, just to be wild and get everybody, make sure they're paying attention at the start of the podcast. The Cues stands for news. Mm-hmm. It's the Cues and Blues. It's the Blues Court. What? Catch up. Okay. <laughs> news and Cues it is. But we got a fun. Uh, we've got some fun questions and a lot of news. 
We do have a lot of news. Um, yeah, a lot of news. So we're going to try to focus on that here. It's going to be great. And we got some wonderful questions. Questions that made me bring out the old pen and write down some options. <laughs> you know, I love that. Uh, before we get to all of that here on Force Center number 347, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And then we have this offer for all of you, Joseph. Yes. That is right. We have an offer from Inside Editions. They publish a ton of great Star Wars books and a bunch of other pop culture books as well. They are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, you can enter the coupon code FC35, or you can visit the website with this link insighteditions.com slash discount slash fc35 uh this week we are recommending the inside editions book secrets of the jedi there are a ton of great secrets in that book in my opinion you can go see if you agree with me by checking it out with the code fc35 check it out indeed and i've been waiting to say this because i find the book uh, finally came there was a, a little bit of an order mix up but i didn't want to sound like it was bad on inside editions but i myself use this code Joseph and ordered the <laughs> book and it is the photography of Game of Thrones and it uh, showed up and it is wow it's amazing it's a giant nearly 500 page book it's so big it has like one of those like built-in bookmarks in the book <laughs> beautiful photography from the show behind the scenes sh- stuff so we always highlight a great book like Secrets of the Jedi but uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan check out this book and other things on there can't uh, recommend it enough see we're not just peddling codes we actually are customers and we love these <laughs> yes yeah, so was that the uh, the old uh, male pattern baldness commercial or was yeah. it men's warehouse i can't I, remember size barely not just that much as a president i'm a, I'm a customer or yes mine. exactly yeah we're, we're not just advertising this on our podcast we're ordering from it that's awesome that's right. That's right. So check that all out. Uh, we always like to catch up on uh, Star Wars and or life adventures. Uh, Joseph, any valuable lessons from that galaxy far, far away applied to your daily life? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there were, but uh, but uh, I don't remember what they were. Apparently, uh, just uh, let it go. I guess I listened to that one. Let it go. <laughs> uh, no, it's a good week. It's a really busy week. Lots of uh, stuff uh, going on life-wise, career-wise. It was definitely one of those weeks uh, where all I could do is keep up with the week uh, for the most part. And the, the only real Star Wars adventure I had was uh, an adventure of temptation that, uh, spoiler, I gave into. Um, mm. I was at Target, and uh, I looked at the toy aisle, and the Target toy aisles for Star Wars are just, they're just sad these days. Uh, I think they're not being stocked well, and when they are, uh, almost everything is immediately purchased, right? Right. Uh, every once in a while, you can still see a Jar Jar or a Grief Karga, which breaks my heart that Grief is yes. not moving as yes. fast as he should. Uh, but yeah, there's almost always just totally empty of any actual action figures. And I had had it in my head today uh, that day. I had to buy, a, you know, just a bunch of boring adult life crap at Target. <laughs> <laughs> and I even had it on my list of like, check the figures. And I was like, I just I want to buy something fun. Uh, and then I went in the book aisle and I've had forgot there is the Target exclusive version of Rising Storm. Uh, and I, I love that book. But the cover is just like, man, I, I have literal piles of Star Wars books at this uh, time. I, I don't need another one, uh, but I want another one. Uh, so I had to get it. 
I am uh, leaning over here to grab it so I can uh, describe mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'm sure people, many people have it, have seen it, but it's just, it's a bunch of our favorite Jedi, Ken, with the lightsabers up and real big right in the center, uh, Ember the Charhound. Nice. <laughs> I had to have it. Uh, it's got Elzar Man there. It's got uh, Stellan Gios, Bel Zedifar, uh, Indira Stokes, and then uh, Ember the Charhound. I just, I saw it in Target and I just like, I want to be able to look at these Jedi friends. So I bought it. That was my big adventure. It's a good one to display. Put it up on a shelf out facing out with a light on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And for a long time, I've had Light of the Jedi facing out. So Light of the Jedi might get bumped uh, for <laughs> the rising storm. There you go. Yeah, that's a good sign, though, for the High Republic. If each uh, book you want to kind of put on a shelf and replace the one you're displaying before, it's only getting bigger and better. Yeah, no, and they're doing a great job with the various exclusives and send away for this. But, like, that's actually kind of a part of the fun is that people are so loving the High Republic and they put out the drawings uh, of what the characters look like. So you can kind of look it up. But it is right now much more of a written word, spoken word, and audiobooks, uh, Star mm -hmm. Wars story. So there is this, like, hunger to be like, but I want to look at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely is. It's, it's a unique experience because across across multiple platforms, usually it's my own imagination about what Porter, Porter Ingle looks like. But now I know. I'm oh, yeah, and I was thrilled by that. He looked different than I imagined. He did. and I uh, Yes, he did, but I like where they land. Yeah, but I, I want a big old, make that poster available. I, I want those to be print-to-order posters so I can put up a big poster of the Blade of Vardata. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so that's my adventure. How about you? You know, similar week for, for me, just one of those, you, you just kind of, you know, wading in the deep end, trying to stay, stay afloat. Uh, nothing bad, nothing great. Just one of those things. We did have a fun experience uh, recording yesterday all in person for uh, the 1000th episode of Force Center overall. That's coming next week. We're so excited and we're going to announce uh, uh, ways to get a hand, your hands on a commemorative poster as, as we just kind of uh, pause for a moment on that special number, but, but move right on the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, we know, we know our place in it. We're here to talk about <laughs> But it was a fun experience. That was kind of uh, fun getting prepped for that. And just kind of looking back on what Star Wars, we, you know, we always look back and look and, and analyze what Star Wars means to us, but just look back in uh, through the eyes of the podcast and the experience of doing force center that it's itself was pretty fun. Jesse. Yeah, no, that was, that was uh, a highlight of the week. Absolutely. And, and don't want to give any spoilers for the stuff yeah. we talk about, but it was just such a, it was a great conversation. It was so great uh, to see everybody. Yeah. That's coming next week. And the other thing I don't, you know, occasionally if something pops up on YouTube, I'll, I'll, I'll recommend it or, or talk about it. There's something I just stumbled. I don't know how new the channel is. It's been around a bit, I guess, but they only got six videos up and I'm, I'm always wary about recommending YouTube channels. I often don't know who's behind them and <laughs> what they do and uh, whatnot. But if I enjoy the content, I love to highlight it. There's a channel called so uncivilized and they have, uh, like I said, about six videos out and it's just, it's it's good video essays uh, that that dive into things that I think are close to even our our force center heart and our force center listeners hearts. Uh, titles like the importance of Luke Skywalker, a different kind of hero, how Empire changed Star Wars forever, the perfect storytelling clarity of Star Wars, why Palpatine is the greatest movie villain of all time. That was released a year ago, and that's got uh, some some good views, which means Palpatine's got some fans. <laughs> Just people want to find out, uh, and uh, good stuff and. The one I watched this morning of George Lucas, King of Wooden Dialogue, which goes into why that's important and why that's a choice George makes and why uh, why that works in some ways. And it's just really interesting stuff in a, in a, in a 
era and also a, a format YouTube where so often it is uh, the, the popular videos go the other way. Uh, I just want to recommend a channel that's uh, spreading the uh, not just positivity about Star Wars, but actually looking in and analyzing why we love it so much, which is something that's close to our hearts here. So check it out. So uncivilized. Oh, that sounds great. I am thrilled to hear that you discovered uh, some other Star Wars talking <laughs> that yeah, you're excited to, to engage with. Yeah, and it's just fun. Like I said, again, it's just an, an era of uh, people pounding their fists on desks. It's nice to see someone take some time and analyze why we uh, all connect to this uh, wonderful Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, no, and a couple of those videos, uh, the Palpatine being the greatest villain and an analysis of what does wooden dialogue really mean. Man, uh, that is so up, uh, up my Star Wars alley. Uh, I will have to check this out. Check it out indeed. No code, just check it out. Just check it out. <laughs> so that's a quick swing through our Star Wars and live adventures. Now it's time for the news. And as we said up top, a lot of news, a lot of uh, not direct uh, who's cast in Rogue Squadron type of news, but uh, fun stuff in, in the Star Wars galaxy. So let's dive on in here. Um, save your allowance money, or as I accidentally put in the notes, safe your allowance money, <laughs> which is kind of the same thing. It's time to go on a cruise. That's right. The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Adventure is about to set sail. And here are the prices. For two people, it's $4,809. I don't know if that includes taxes. Uh, three guests, it's $5,299. For four people, $5,900. And ninety nine dollars, not six thousand. Uh, so before we uh, analyze that, Joseph, I want to let you know: here's what you get. Here's what you get: a two night a stay for an ongoing immersive vacation, where your actions determine your experiences. Uh, food and beverages, which is you know, that's a lot. That's pretty good. A mission to Disney's uh, Hollywood Studios out there in Florida for a trip to Galaxy's Edge. An exclusive data band, and now it's. Um, uh, you know, that data band, I think you can now use that at the park and it's important to your experience uh, there as well. So, all right. So, Joseph, it's it's look, it's easy to make some jokes about the pricing and I'm sure we will. But this covers quite a bit. So let's start here. Will this be worth it for you if you choose to do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the prices are you, you have to go through like, uh, you know, this is a free ride. Put it that way. I have to go through an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> as I saw many fans did when I see the prices for what this thing is. It's not surprising because it is. Yeah, it's access to this really exclusive, uh, not exclusive, uh, this really specific event. Uh, it's kind of a cruise <laughs> yeah. where you're uh, it's a narrative cruise where you believe you have left, but you haven't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I see that as one of the daily events is a muster like you do on an actual cruise. So they're really taking it seriously. So, yeah, I think I have that immediate knee jerk reaction of uh, it. It is hard to see something that has such a financial roadblock to all fans experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when a Star Wars thing gets announced, it's fun. Cause like, Ooh, we can all experience that and we can all discuss it. And when you, something like this really drives home of like, yeah, no, not, not everybody is going to be able to, or want to experience that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get past that. But then for myself, uh, if, and when I have that money, uh, I, yeah, it's it, to me, it, it is worth it. Um, because of, the history of Disney giving these kind of experiences, doing a good job with them and making it feel magical. Yeah, no, you're, 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 you're hitting, you're hitting it uh, right. Nail on the head, I guess. Uh, you know, spanner on the space nail. Or whatever. <laughs> um, because yeah, we, we talked about this when this was kind of announced, you and I aren't necessarily cruise people ourselves. You've been on cruise. I've never wanted to, had the desire to, 
That's not a comment on cruises. It's like, ah, I don't know. I'll stay on the ground. I'll stay on the land. Um, I know you've been on some cruises before as a performer and those kind of things. So I get that they might be fun, but I, I, I start from that point of, eh. But then, yeah, you look at the prices and and everything you're saying. It's not unlike even Galaxy's Edge. You know, we're, we're fortunate to be, I think, so close to uh, Anaheim to, to do it. But even then, that's uh, that's an allowance money situation, too. And I know what you mean, where it's like, this is this is this is for the few and not the many, and which is which is fine. That's that's how life works sometimes. But yeah, my so that that just means my excitement is a, is a little less for it because right now I I am I am the many, not not part of the few that we get to go to this. <laughs> yeah, especially you know so this one is just in Florida, right? This is Walt yeah. Disney World right now. Yeah, so the flight there, then the stay in there, like man, those cocktails better be good. Those space cocktails, put it that way. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Th- 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 that's part of it too, is, uh, is uh, uh, the idea of, you know, the cost is a lot, but you're getting a lot out of it. Uh, yeah. You're getting, you're getting stuff, you know, if you're flying your family to uh, Florida, you know, that, that, that just even to go to Disneyland uh, or Disney world out there, that that's, that's going to be a pretty penny too. So I guess maybe you break it down. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for me, and I think maybe this goes a little bit towards one of your other great questions here, so I don't mean to to jump the gun, but I think for me, when I see that, I just have sticker shock. But then I think about my actual experiences at uh, Disneyland and Galaxy's Edge in particular, and that's where I go to that that magic of like the money's real, it's important, it should be discussed, (laughs) budgeted, (laughs) all those things. But like when I made my lightsaber, I was not going, now it costs exactly that much this much did i just have that much joy the immersion is so successful that it, it outweighs the constant reminder of the money for for the yeah. personal experience it, it, that's in you know the on the endless stories of people saying like yeah no i i, I can list for you the different ways that disneyland is trying to extract money from <laughs> from my person yeah but people's magical experience often just clearly just makes you forget that part or makes you okay with that part because you feel like you've gone to a different place and had a fantasy experience. Yeah, no, that that's actually, you know, you're, you're right. It represents, this represents two sides of the fun imagination and then a, a giant company using their purchased IP very well. And, <laughs> and, and that's just the way of it. And, and I think I'd be way more cynical about this resort experience uh, then if I hadn't experienced Galaxy's Edge for myself and being fortunate enough to, to go there once on a very rainy day. So I can't wait to see it in the sun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because I still think about that and it still blows my mind. I still have conversations about people so, uh, with people about that. So uh, it's easy to be cynical. It's easy to look at the, the price tag. And, and we should, like you said, I told you, you're right. That, that should be something we look at. But I know that I'm sure it will, it will be a home run if you get there and you get to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, in terms of just being a Star Wars fan, I always try to remember like, yeah, Star Wars is this beautiful storytelling uh, with this uh, amazing soul. But, uh, you know, I've even done a joke in stand up of like, it's not a nonprofit George Lucas formed in the mid 70s. Yeah. <laughs> it it yeah. has always been, uh, the, I think, you know, I think Lucas came from it from a perspective of I want to tell a story and in the reality of our world in order to be able to tell this story and share it with as many people as possible it needs to be very profitable and then the marketing explosion of the original films it's just always been a part of what star wars is it's always been a part of the duality of it is this 
beautiful, soulful, meaningful storytelling that we get to to talk about and mm-hmm. and hear other people's how, how much it's meant to other people. But then along with it, it's the reality is always like and yes, and it is to make money too. It, yeah, and, and those things are okay as long as it doesn't lose its soul. Yeah, 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 and that's that's how we I think we find the balance, right? Like you just just checking everything, uh, checking the soul, making sure the pulse is still uh, beating there in Star Wars. Yeah, and I think that's the thing for me, like with this, like if it was a different company from Disney, it was like, <laughs> uh, we've got some only okay cosplay of a droid and and some guy with uh, tentacles he clearly made at home. Give us your money, like. I just trust that this will be soulful. You will feel totally immersed. And yeah. that's what continues to make me feel okay about the reality that it's, it's for money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, you, you go stay in this uh, cabin or suite here at this uh, star cruiser resort and it's uh, got some star Wars curtains and that's it. You're going to walk away angry. And, and, and again, if I had any cynicism going, and I've, I've been a Disneyland fan, a whole life i love going and and they always do that very well where you know you don't even see there's gums not allowed in the park because they don't want you to step on gum they want to keep that away from you you know like no planes can fly over disneyland they own the airspace it's crazy and that all leads to an experience where you're like ah i'm transported and galaxy's edge just it it it, it struck a chord in my soul so i'm there for it there as well even though uh you know some some pockets get lined. Hey, there you go. What are you gonna do? Yep. What are you gonna do? All right. So, um, final question is: you, you head there, Joseph. You go out on this galactic star cruiser. It says it's an ongoing immersive vacation where your actions determine your experience. What uh, what choices might you make? <laughs> Not knowing the options yet. Uh, well, so I I looked it up because I saw some people tweeting it, and I was like, "Is that real or is this a joke?" Uh, but on, if you go to Disney World, if you just Google, I think um, Galactic Star Cruiser itinerary, they have a sample itinerary up, and mm-hmm. it is it's packed uh, with events, and some of them sound like really great. Uh, yeah. Like, but if you're going to do all those things, you'd just be like running from thing to thing. Uh, but the ones that sound exciting to me is you know, Sabak lessons, fun. Yeah. Uh, lightsaber training, great. Droid racing competition, not exactly sure what that is. Build model ship, that sounds awesome. Uh, but then uh, there's these unexpected story moments. Like one of them is, for example, you might prove your medal to join an elite smuggling ring. Mm. Hide a stowaway to help the resistance? Question mark. And I'm just so curious to see like how immersive are they? Are those like yeah. just somebody comes around and is like, would you like to do this? cool <laughs> great uh that that cosplayer will come over and talk to you later or is it like you're you're acting crap out you're you know you got a fake you know calm in your hand and yeah. you're giving orders and like i'm curious to see how immersive it is yeah yeah because again uh i think if you're here or we're heading here for any reason uh i i think we're going to have fun for the experience right but uh, when I heard that thing of ongoing immersive vacation where you actually deserve your experiences, I'm like, well, I'm napping. So what is that going to mean? And what is that going to do? But again, I thought about it again. I can make the joke, but if you're there, you're there for this experience. And I think, I, I think I'd get caught up. I think I'd, now I don't want to harbor an agent for the resistance. I don't want anyone in my room. Right. So, you know, <laughs> some actor's got to be hidden in a closet for two days. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I definitely uh, would have uh, fun with it. Yeah, no, I'm really torn that same way that like I, a part of me is like, yeah, no, look at that. You can you could be doing something every second of the day, lightsaber training. Like and I think if I went there, I would get excited and I'd want to do the lightsaber training. But the but a part of me is just like, 
uh, there's that commercial where you're being cheersed by a Twi'lek. Like, I just want to sit in yeah. the bar and listen to band and, and drink with Twi'leks. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. For pretty much the entire time. I don't even know to need to get off in Batu. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. just sit in the bar. And part of me wants to be like immersed that way of just being like, the, if the windows, there's, you know, stars going outside the windows and it feels convincing, like I'm actually drinking on a ship in Star Wars. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's that's kind of where, you know, I, I would go to. And then, uh, going back to Galaxy's Edge, like, like I said, I absolutely love that world. Uh, by necessity, you're kind of shuffled in and out of that cantina because you have to be. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you and I would park there all day. But that's part of the problem is I, I just want to park there all day. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you can do that or if it's really like, great, you've had your 50 minutes in the bar. You've listened to the band play. Now it's time to, you know, go yell at a smuggling ring. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it's a good experience. So look for that soon. Save up your Republic credits and head on out on the uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruise adventure. Yeah. I got one more question for you, Ken, though. Yes, sir. Uh, do you think that cosplay by guests is going to be mandatory? Like, and would you be down with that? If you're like, in order to stay here, you got to choose a Jedi robe or this kind of smuggler outfit, <laughs> but like, you can't just be wandering around in your shorts, flip flops and REM t-shirt, you know, that take people out of the experience. Stand in the galaxy now. Yeah. Um, I would love that. I'd be okay with that. If it's simple, right, sir, right. do you want a Sith robe, Jedi robe or combat poncho? Okay, combat poncho it is. <laughs> Ponchos for everyone. That solves yeah. the problem. Okay, yeah. good. I just needed to picture it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from there, we're going to go to news that we did discuss a little bit last week on the Bad Batch Report, but it's our chance to discuss it in a little more detail here. As I'll say, expected, but there's some questions around that. Bad Batch rolls on. Season two of The Bad Batch was confirmed by Lucasfilm. They made it official on August 5th. Uh, the Bad Batch will get a second season sometime in 2022. So, Ken Joseph, while not a surprise, especially when you factor in the prep time needed for animated shows, they don't just uh, spring up overnight. Do we feel this was ever in doubt? And maybe what could have jeopardized a second season? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, in retrospect, it, it was not jeopardized. This is feeling like a planned uh, two-season order or maybe more. Uh, I think as the show went on, the nature of the storytelling just feels very assured that we're going to have time to... That It feels like lots of seeds are being planted, right? Yeah. And, and it feels like it is written as though there was knowledge of the second season from the very beginning to me. Uh, but you know, that said, I, I kind of just kind of, you asked like what could have uh, jeopardized a second season? What was ever in doubt? I feel like everything is in doubt right now Yeah. Uh, with Hollywood and with streaming in particular. I, I think it's just it, in terms of if you're interested in the business end of this, like it's important to know that we just don't right now as industry insiders truly know what Disney Plus's standard mm-hmm. is going to be for keeping something like this going. Um, yeah. So there is to me this possibility that that, you know, Disney Plus ordered three seasons, period. Like we need content, the trusted team with experience, go for it. But yeah, then something could have gone wrong yeah. enough to me for people to go, mm, yeah, maybe maybe we'll pull the plug because it's it's brand new. Yeah. Like what their expect what Disney Plus's expectations are of like, is it just we need we want to provide this many of 
episodes of any Star Wars content, period, per year? Or is it, this is not driving new subscribers, it's got to go, which is the way like Netflix is right now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And comparing it to Netflix, it's you kind of can. Netflix has, has pr- proven to be a you know a different kind of strategy, got kind of a shotgun blast against the wall, and and they're not afraid to sign a show and they're not afraid to cut a show. It <laughs> seems. Yep, that's the way it kind of is. And every you now you have HBO Max making this great reach for IP and uh, going deeper into Game of Thrones and and, and what we can do there. Peacock, everything. They, you're right. We just it's still so early in this game, even though Netflix and others have been around for a few years now, and Disney. They they're they're riding high in the hog a little bit, right? I mean, generally everything in the in the big worlds, the Marvel stars, has been well received or well uh, covered and and appreciated and talked about. Uh, the numbers are probably doing well. I don't have them in front of me. And the other shows, obviously, I'm not tuned into uh, High School Musical stuff or things like that. But I know they just launched uh, Turner and Hooch. Um, I have a friend uh, working on that, and I haven't heard any of the details on the process there. That hey, does that not work? Are the quote unquote ratings for Turner and Hooch down and <laughs> season two doesn't come. I don't know, but it seems to be, to me, be a little different with Star Wars animation. They know this, I think they feel this had to be a little bit of a long-term investment. Yeah, that's that's my thought, especially after seeing the season two announced. I think it is season two has, is being worked on, has been being worked on. Yeah. I could be entirely wrong, but given the history of Star Wars animation, the length of shows and the, the Clone Wars experience of uh, Lost, Revived, Lost, Revived, that I, I kind of think that they ordered it as a three or four season arc. And unless there's an absolute disaster of, you know, suddenly the second season is universally panned. Fans hate it. <laughs> All, you know, any Star Wars thing is going to have fans questioning it. Unless something's just disastrously wrong, I think that it's just been ordered as this is the show. Yes. Yes. And we, we talked about it on, on the episode last week of, I think you and I felt, better knowing going into that f- uh, 15th episode that uh, hey th- this is coming back so different actors, other other people were like oh it took out some of the tension from the episode and uh i you know eat your own i guess but um uh, do, what do you feel about the announcement style of, of just kind of one season at a time they're not saying it's back for three they're just back for two and they didn't same with mando right same with mando it's like yeah eh, we'll slowly and book a boba we're still you know, I think we're clearer, 99% clear, but like Book of Boba Fett, that's not, okay, that's not Mando 3. Pedro Pascal said something about Mando, but he said they're not filming it. So they're kind of just piecing this information out. How do you feel about that? I think that's fine. I think they need, I think you need to keep the announcement coming to keep the hype up. Um, I think that, you know, I could be totally wrong, but my idea of like the plan is this and it's ordered, but, you know, they will pull the plug if they have to, right? So yeah. you, I don't think, I don't think anything would say like we are for sure doing this many seasons, you know, especially this early in a new streaming service. Yeah. And, and, and the, my final thought on it too, it's, I, I don't think this is any great insight, but I, I, I just don't think they had internally. I, I can't imagine their expectations for bad batch were on the same level, level of Mando or Mando season two, where they're like, Hey, this is animated. We know it's Clone Wars is popular and, and, lauded by a lot of the fans, but it's not watched by everyone. I think maybe the numbers, the expectations might've been a little different. Again, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't have a memo on my desk about it, <laughs> um, but it just seemed, I don't know. I just see am I off base? Do you think I'm off base? <laughs> Call me crazy if I am. No, no, no. I think it is very, very different to say like, you know, it's easy now to start to forget because so many new live action things are coming, but like live action, Star Wars television, like Mandalorian was huge and it was going to be huge. And I think everybody probably had a hint of like, 
this this baby Yoda is going to be pretty good for the bottom line. And then that, yeah. you know, it's, I think, beyond expectation. Like, of course, the, the animated show is, you know, not going to be his headline. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the Marvel stuff coming on out. So mm-hmm. that shows me they might have some time to just uh, continue to do what they have set out to do. What are we yeah. looking forward to the most, Joseph, about uh, a, a second season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I really love that Bad Batch feels like it is telling kind of two two stories. It's, you know, what happens to Omega in the Bad Batch ultimately? And, you know, what is this era in Star Wars like through these characters' eyes? So I'm really, really uh, excited to just see those two stories continue to develop, you know, learning more about this era in time just spending quality time with the characters like i think that there are some episodes that are like yeah no this is a this is a fun adventure and it's not moving a big plot forward but it's showing us about the world and it's just having these characters develop as people and i'm happy with episodes that are like big and revelatory and i'm happy with episodes where just like i just spent some quality times with my friends the clones yeah. so uh, i'm kind of happy uh uh for for those things then other specific things that I'm looking forward to is um, so I'm I'm still hopeful that of finishing Boba Fett's Clone Wars arc, the yeah. the the planned you know the the kid bounty hunter trying to make his way puts on the armor and uh, I think takes out Cad Bane and, and claims his mantle as the the mm-hmm. baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy of that era. I think that they can finish that story and still have it really be uh, not take away focus from the main characters. Um, I'm excited to see more about the formation of early rebel cells, which I think they're just perfectly positioning themselves to do. Um, And so those are some season two possibilities. Last thing for me is I think if there is a three or four season plan and unless something goes horribly wrong, we're going to get it. I I love the comfort of feeling like this show is going to answer all those fan questions we often have of like, okay, well, why aren't Tech and Wrecker on Yavin? <laughs> Where did they end up? You know, is Omega anybody's importance parent? Like all those kind of fan questions that we get that sometimes in- new characters are introduced. And then you're like, where the F's Jason Sandula? Like yeah. there's something about this show that feels like it's going to tell the Bad Batch's story and we'll just know those things. And that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a great expectation or want to have. Uh, expectation's a dangerous word. But, um, <laughs> a hope. I'll, um, I'll stick with a hope. Hope, a want, a desire, a hope indeed. Yeah, no, uh, well said on all that. I think that the, the time that they've had to even explore things in this uh, season with 16 episodes, I, I think I consider the Bad Batch a wonderful group of tour guides through the galaxy as it changes, but I, I feel satisfied from by their story even though i do agree hey, a little bit more character development on echo for what it, whatever that word and believe me that word that that term character development is thrown out a lot by uh folks that i i think more is there than they'll give it credit for um but i also understand like a little more quality time with those characters and and, and but i still do feel this is this was hunter's Hunter's big story, Hunter's big season, and next season and beyond, they've made a decision. They're committed. A lot more information and answers are coming, like you said. And to to have it kind of flow into those early days of the Rebellion is very exciting for me because I I enjoy that story. I know a young Infus Nest, Infus Nest's mother, those kind of characters could show up for me. Uh, Maybe I'm just trying. I want Infus Nest in some programming somewhere. That might be it. So anyways, I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of my hopes, uh, echoing what you said there. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of, of Echo, yeah, I mean, I feel like Echo's perspective is clear, and I'm hoping to see, spend more time with that perspective. And that, that could be really interesting because he seems to be the character who is leaning more, most toward, like, we uh, should continue to be soldiers. The war isn't over. It's just being fought somewhere else. Let's, let's go. Let's go. And that could be just really interesting tension. Yeah, interesting tension indeed. Well, we'll know soon enough, and we'll, of course, keep you updated when we get uh, the release date for 2022. But I I have a feeling you all know as well, and we'll just uh, celebrate that. Speaking of celebrating, last, uh, well, November, really, we celebrated Life Day with Lego Star Wars and the uh, holiday special. New one for a new era. But now we've got, coming our way, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales that will start streaming on Disney Plus October First, Joseph, here's the very non-canon story or at best <laughs> canon adjacent pitch. It will be set after the rise of Skywalker and be based around Poe Dameron and BB-8 crash landing on Mustafar. And uh, we have a hut there on Mustafar that has turned Mustafar into a Sith-themed resort. Uh, that uh, sounds uh, real life. And Vinay, uh, Vinay, of course, from uh, uh, Rogue One, will uh, then share three creepy stories on a bit of a tour around Vader's castle, which is apparently now a resort. So uh, Tony Hale will voice uh, Vinay, of course, Arrested Development and Veep fame. Christian Slater from Cuffs fame will be on board as Ren. All right, Joseph, let's stop there and catch up. What do you think about all this? Yeah, Christian Slater, famous for his cameo in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, if I'm not mistaken. That's the main place people know him from, right? Absolutely. So yeah. a big crossover between Star Trek and Star Wars right there. <laughs> yes, yes. And finally, for me, the Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh Young Guns 2 connection. Finally, those two universes connected. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited about this. There's there's so much in here that's really cool. I love these uh, these Lego shows. I love that they uh, use canon and are, you know, they're, they're canon accurate in terms of like the timeline and where people are and what's going on in different places but then they're just they're absolutely not canon they're just like a fun spirit of star wars and and just fun ser- a bit of comedy um Vinay returning is super great i'm, I'm hoping for some bathing vader jokes <laughs> <laughs> he's just one of those characters in rogue one who's like creepy cool and then your mind just goes to jokes right of like yeah so his job is like to to interrupt Vader while he's bathing to tell him his next appointment has arrived in his creepy castle with no rails designed to intimidate people. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's just a lot of fun jokes to be had uh, there yeah. with Vinay. Uh, the hut is uh, Grabala, who is from the Freemaker Adventures. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I didn't watch that, but I know that's your favorite Star Wars program ever, right? Uh, I really do like the Freemaker Adventures. It's really successfully funny while still like having some yeah. great moments of like of depth and great family stuff. Uh, Grabala is voiced uh, by Dana Snyder, who people will know from many, many animated shows. Uh, Dana's a pal. I've met him at Dragon Con, and he's done a couple of my live shows in Los Angeles, and it's fun to see him because he is, he is just a wildly funny guy uh, and brings that energy to Grabala the hut so i'm excited for that and it's such a great over the top idea that mustafar would be like a sith resort and that kind of just fun joke of like well who would want to come there because it's super terrifying and that's interesting to me because that's all lego stuff right but then strip it of the lego stuff and it's very similar to the the great uh the, the Kevin Scott's uh, comic series of Tales from Vader's Castle. Yes. Where yes. people end up there and then hear spooky stories about it and all that kind of thing. Um, so it, it's fun to see that's that same great idea, 
but with this real comedy spin from Lego. Yeah, yeah, Lego does what they do so well. Even like even the choice of Tony Hale as Vinay, I'm I'm with you. I'm very happy that that character can continue in any way, shape, or form. It's just an interesting thing. Um, but Tony Hale is so you know so specific in his uh, comedy sons, and I'm I'm a fan. I love Arrested Development. I love uh, Veep, and I love specifically him on those shows. So it's an interesting energy that he'll bring. We'll see if they go with kind of the Tony Hale we know, or they change it some way. But I I, I don't imagine it will. So I'm so intrigued by that and the stories. It'll just be fun. Uh, and yeah, similar to those comics indeed. And the, the, the main, we get the main plot is Co- Poe Dameron have to face his fears, stop an ancient evil and return to his friends, which brings in this uh, Christian Slater as Ren thing. We, we obviously know we have a little bit of a uh, uh, more Ren storytelling thanks to the, uh, the Charles soul stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Later stuff. So um, do you have any thoughts on that ancient evil and the Ren and what that might even, is there anything we can learn or pick up about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's interesting to see, like, the Lego stuff almost always has a heart, even within the jokes, right? So it's really consistent with uh, a lot of Star Wars, and especially Star Wars that's explicitly made for a younger or a family-friendly audience. That, mm-hmm. like, the Life Day special is like, okay, you expect even more of that kind of heartwarming because it's a it's a holiday special, right? Um, but that really did wrestle with, you know, what Ray's actual fears and concerns would be. So I'm kind of excited to see, like, is this is this some like, uh, you know, heartwarming, family friendly uh, Poe works through uh, the trauma <laughs> right. of everything he's been through. Uh, and it is like, you know, the the dark side, the castle trying to drag him down and, and make him him doubt the new republic. <laughs> yeah. Then he returns to his friends. Renewed. Renewed. Yep. Um so, yeah, the holiday special was well-received, uh, and so it's safe to assume more of these will be on the way. So I, I'm asking this question. This some, somewhat sounds uh, – yeah, it's a bit of a – it could be taken as a negative question. I don't, I don't mean it that entirely. But this is – this and the holiday special are both both post-Rise of Skywalker. Like you said, they do have heart to them, and we can kind of see, well, hey, maybe this could be what they could explore, Ray, training fennels, kind of things that we saw in the holiday one. So I got. How long will you will we be happy with this being the only post Rise of Skywalker material? Uh, I will be happy for quite a while. I there's a part of me that wants uh, more stories of Ray, Finn, Poe, Rose. Uh, you know, uh, almost everybody, BB-8, everybody, everybody, yep. uh, Larma Dicey. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's a part of me that just wants it almost more than anything. But that part is uh, controlled by massive amounts of Jedi patience. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I still think the way they're describing it, I think the movie Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron is going to be post Rise of Skywalker. So that'll be some interesting mm-hmm. galaxy building stuff. But the, the reason that I think I can have some Jedi patience is, you know, I just I don't I just want to give it time to breathe, you know, and I, I don't want a bunch of canon stories that end up like, honestly, the Lego's fine. That's this is great, but like, I don't want a series of novels that then become in a couple of years. Oh, they're going to do movies, and now those novels are yeah. secondary. Le- Legends two point Like, I yeah. I don't want that. I just want to let it breathe. I mean, just think about it this way in terms of patience, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if I've done my math correctly. Uh, we are about four years out from the tenth anniversary of the Force Awakens, <laughs> right? Ah. Uh, in the great, I mean. <laughs> The, the 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 slate of Star Wars stuff that's been announced, the other movies, like we're we're not that far away from when 
the people who grew up with the sequel trilogy, the nostalgia is going to kick in hard. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be the people with starting to have kids and starting to have some cash that they want to spend on nostalgia. The actors will have moved on and tried some other things. And then they'll mm -hmm. kind of look back and go, ah, maybe I'd revisit it. In the grand scheme of things, we're not that far away from those times that are going to come. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing that. You're doing that. This is farther away from that thing. And it always hurts. It hurts all of us in the soul. You know, <laughs> Fan we are we are farther away from Phantom Menace than Phantom Menace was from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, no. And it, sometimes I wake up on Twitter and just like it should be outlawed to say what your movies came out. Just stop it. Yeah, like, just stop. so I understand. I, I don't mean to freak yeah. anybody out, but yeah. But just yeah. that, I think just that really having some patience with that perspective of that is the way of things of everything shiny and new becomes old and a lot of the arguments fall away and things change, you know, yeah. and, and and I think we're, we're going to get to that place with the sequel era characters. And there's a part of me that's just like, let's just wait, not that surprisingly long and it'll be a huge thrill when somebody wants to do a Disney plus series or a movie or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I love what you're saying. Cause it, it's a, uh, it's a little bit of uh counseling for myself where I, I don't think we're going to, you know, we're, I wouldn't expect, uh, you know, Oscar Isaac and Boyega and Daisy Ridley to come back anytime soon, if at all. Right. I'm, I know the real world of that. I know the, the thoughts there. And, and, and I, as a, as a fan, sometimes just want to, you know, I do, uh, love the answers as much as we talk about themes and the, how, how star Wars affects our lives and resonates in, inside all of us. I also just want to know what happened, what happened, what happened. And, and these give me just enough of a taste, the holiday special specifically the stuff with Ray, where I think it works. It helps me pause and helps, uh, helps the patients kind of flow in. Let me open my <laughs> mind to the patients. If it's like, Oh, here's where we are right now. And you're right. Uh, you're so right. I mean, I joke about that 10 year anniversary number, but like, you know, if you just do the math, if someone was, 13 when they watch force awakens they're approaching 20 and their view on star wars might have changed they might have left it behind or they might be like us and starting their own podcast or waiting <laughs> and then in 10 years from now man ray comes back at all in any way it's going to be amazing and so I, i'm good with the patience and, and I'll, I'll be uh, i'll be content with these little fun uh, playful looks at what could happen after yeah yeah and i i love halloween spooky times so i'm thrilled i'm so excited for this there we go. Coming your way October 1st, the Lego Star Wars Halloween special, Star Wars uh, Terrifying Tales. Uh, final news story, a bit of a sad story, but we have to pay our respects. As uh, a lot of people know, on July 28th, J.W. Rinsler, Jonathan Rinsler, passed away from pancreatic cancer. He was only 58, author of over 25 books, including the Star Wars limited comic series for Dark Horse, which is spectacular. I just talked about it on Spotlight Star Wars not too long ago. If you haven't picked it up, it's just a fun look at what could have been and what was there and what was taken from it to build the Star Wars we know and love. Uh, he also wrote two episodes of Clone Wars, the season six arc uh, that disappeared had his uh, words in it there. And Rinsler, of course, was most known as the man behind the making of books, first released in 2007. He also wrote a great one about Indiana Jones. And I'm going to get my hands on. I don't I don't have that one there. Uh, described by everyone as kind and, and, and contemplative, uh, which you can see in, in listening to him talk. You can kind of get that feel. Rinsler started at Lucasfilm in 2001. Joseph, uh, sad news indeed, but let's celebrate that legacy. Any thoughts on uh, J.W. Rinsler? Yeah, absolutely. It's sad news, but also just uh, what a great uh, life and career to celebrate and what a great 
contribution to Star Wars. I think uh, the uh, the statements released by both Lucas and Filoni had some some great sort of uh, uh, attributing Star Wars values to him. Uh, Filoni in particular said, like, you know, pass on what you have learned is one of the great teachings of Jedi. And man, did Rinsler do that of like he is in some ways like uh, he was the real life keeper of the sacred Jedi text, right, of uh, finding you know, being made aware of some of these these documents and really, really pulling them together and putting them down uh, for the ages uh, on those big making of books. So I, I think that is a huge thing to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have not done a deep dive on those making of books, which I would really, really like to uh, mm-hmm. at some point. But man, I, I did not realize, uh, or, or maybe I knew at some point and forgot, but I did not know he wrote that disappeared Clone Wars arc. And I love that arc. I think that right. is one of the really unique arcs that's got a ton of fascinating stuff i can't wait until we eventually get to it in our clone wars show clone wars report because it's like one of the greatest examples of a star wars buddy comedy yeah (laughs) of mace windu and jar jar binks it expands the possibilities of who jar jar is of like he's got a kind of lady friend from a different planet and they uh actually interact with the force and have a totally different relationship to it like there's a ton of incredibly interesting stuff in in those two episodes as well as just having being a fun weird uh star wars buddy comedy so man i love that and i cannot wait to read uh his final book that's that's coming out very soon i'm going to pre-order it uh about howard kazanjani uh it's called howard kazanjani a producer's life and it i was reading that he got a rare interview from uh, marcia lucas yeah uh and you know, we know a lot about the ups and downs of the original trilogy, but I don't think I've ever really heard kind of the story of of of, of Howard. <laughs> so I'm yeah. super excited to to read that. Yeah, the man who was already kind of working around Star Wars stuff, but kind of essentially replaced Gary Kurtz for Return of the Jedi, which was an interesting thing. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, and Rinsler wrote a, a novel or two, so he wasn't just a collector of uh, archives and turned them into great books. He did, which, by the way, no easy task. Uh, I want to make sure you're clear about that. Um, he did a lot, and and I can't wait to review those episodes as well. Yeah, the making ofs. I I don't actually own those, but it's so funny. I feel I do because I have a lot of friends that own those books, and the Return of the Jedi one was in the Collider writers' room, and I can't tell you how many days I was not working. I just was thumbing through that book. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah now the truth can be told yeah there's a, there's the reasons uh yeah spec spectacular stuff what a career uh and, and again beyond even just the 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 um the words that he wrote and, and the books he put out to hear his colleagues talk about him uh kind came up every time uh, pablo hidalgo tweeted something out too about the loss the the massive loss that it, that it is so um Man, uh, sad news, but we have an entire catalog of, of work to celebrate that makes our fandoms uh, just better. And uh, he raised this, he raised the standards of those making of books, which is something that's, uh, again, no small feat. So J.W. Rinsler, Jonathan Rinsler, thank you so much. Rest in peace, my friend. That is uh, our, uh, our hearts go out to your family here from Force Center. Absolutely. All right, uh, we are almost going to get to our questions today. But before we do that, as always, we're going to recommend an audio book we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do you have? We are recommending Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. It is the next book in the High Republic series, and we're going to be talking about it soon. So if you want to be all caught up, you can uh, check it out on Audible. 
Check it out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, your questions here on Force Center. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Uh, Joseph, it's time for some questions. A bit of a change this week. That's right. We knew that we had just a ton of news uh, to cover. So uh, this week we don't have our Twitter questions. I also need to uh, put out a new request to get some more Twitter questions flooding in there. So this week we just have two questions uh, from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, But do not fear. Our Twitter questions will be back next week. So uh, with that little programming note, let's dive into our questions. Uh, Our first one is from Alden Diaz, kind patron and uh, Star Wars uh, thinker and talker himself. Here's what Alden has to say. Uh, Given your backgrounds as comedians on the stage and on the page, I'm curious about who you think would thrive as a stand-up in the Star Wars galaxy. So here's the idea. You're booking a comedy show. Uh, What Star Wars establishment is it taking place in? And who's on the list of performers? Is there any reason why you'd choose these people together? Is it a night of (laughs) A-listers? Are you comparing them in your mind? Any real-life comedians? Go nuts, my friends. Also, just as a quick real-life side question that I've always wondered, do you prefer the title of comedian or comic? Are they different? All right, let's uh, let's tackle uh, the real life question first. Ken, how do you feel about the difference between, between comedian and comic? There is a difference. It's so weird. I get I get I get angry. I've had to stop myself. I get angry as a lot of people have heard. I do use use that word skit in front of me. I <laughs> grind my teeth. It's a sketch. All right, and and uh, you know I've, I've had to back off because life is more important than determining what words is correct but i i i I did my days as a sketch comic i was not a skit comic that's what church groups do all right uh preschool uh, talent shows um but i i gotta i don't i think there's a difference for me i think i prefer comedian but i also take i'll take comedian or comic over stand-up i know oh you're a stand-up um and and but i i I don't i'm not gonna throw you out of the uber for any any one of those (laughs) yeah so you're going to, you got some books date to do some stand-up skits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. It's a Mark, Mark Allison. I will text, uh, you know, when we're on the road. It'll, it'll be like, Hey, I'm going to take a nap. Are you going to work on your little joke skits? And he was like, oh, I am. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's my thing, but I'll tell, I'll tell I prefer comedian. So Alden, please address me as Mr. Comedian. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Saturday night. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the skit sketch thing I think is, uh, sometimes it's fine because it's just truly people don't know the difference. And sometimes yeah. even if people don't say little skit, you mm-hmm. can hear the implied little in the way they say skit. 
And then that's a problem. Like, are you going to do one of your skits? That's 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 the core of the reason. It is little with an apostrophe. Little little skit goes. Little skits is is before it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've got a couple thoughts on this. For me, I land more on comedian, and I think that's partially because I have done a lot of different comedy. Uh, you know, everything from, you know, doing uh, comedic acting uh, to, you know, being a, a writer who is writing comedy, which is you're still being a form of comedian to doing storytelling yeah. that is comedic. Uh, so comedian for me is just kind of a an overall uh, improv sketch. It, it covers everything, right? Yeah. Stand up. Comedian covers everything. Uh, it's more varied. So it feels more accurate for like my interests and my life experiences. I also feel like yeah, comedian applies to improv sketch writer whatever but i feel like comic is generally culturally people consider that a stand-up yeah Correct. you're you're a working comic you're a you're a stand-up right yeah yeah that's yeah i think you're very right about that yeah i also feel like that there is a little bit like like many things in life the shorter punchier word uh, versus the longer word a little bit a little bit of the tension versus you know are you, are you just down there, you know, grinding or are you taking yourself too seriously? I think there's a little bit yeah. of a comic comedian. You could have the same debate is movie versus film or comic book versus graphic novel. Right. It's yeah. it, we have so many of these uh, where there's like, yep, you can act absolutely discuss and there. There are absolutely for real differences. But there's also sometimes there's those tension of like these words generally mean the same thing. But are you just being real casual about it or are you taking it seriously? Yeah, when my mom uses it, it's not completely malicious. Not all, <laughs> not all times. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and not to turn this into a comedy theory center, but you and I, this is close to our heart. It is a great question um, before we answer it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like, I'm proud of being a stand-up. I, and I, I do like being a stand-up comic. Um, and, but sometimes even that is, it can, you can be looked down upon in, in some circles. Because right? when I used to do sketch comedy, we used to do a warm-up that was making fun of stand-ups and <laughs> and at the time i remember being kind of snooty about it and they're like oh those silly stand-ups doing their what's about what's the deal with jokes you know uh and so then i started then i got kicked out of the sketch world and then started stand-up and i was like hey wait a minute you guys know they make fun of us in sketch worlds uh which is all silly because it's all just people trying to uh communicate with the world share their point of view and make people laugh it, it is just silly, but I have had that experience with uh, sketch and, and improv people fighting long form versus short form improv mm -hmm. people fighting stand up, hating all of them, all of them being judgy towards stand up, uh, stand ups being judgy towards stand ups who don't really do stand up. It's storytelling, <laughs> storytellers being judgmental to storytellers who memorize versus who read their pieces because, of course, one is better than the other. It's just kind of endless. Humans got to just get their bleep together yeah, I, I, is what I, I'm saying here. I had a substitute teacher at the Groundlings one day teaching us some improv, and he and I won't say his name, but he sat there in front of the class and he goes, "All right, I'm going to teach some stuff." By the way, if you want to learn real improv, what are you doing here? Go over to the other <laughs> spot. And I was like, "You're in the Groundlings. What are you doing?" <laughs> the Groundlings, not real. Oh yeah, it is endless. Yeah. So my final thought on this is like, yeah, it's it's good. Thank you all for asking because obviously we have a, a ton of thoughts. But yeah, it's it's just it's it's preference, and no matter what, you know, uh, people are going to have strong preferences you know because uh, i prefer comedian i've definitely done some stand-up shows where you know the word is comic your next comic is coming up yeah. and i i feel like i might have been thrown off the show show if i had said could you introduce me as the next comedian <laughs> yeah. i think i would have been thrown out of the show yes yes <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, great, great question. Uh, there's our long answer to just your sub question, Alden. So, how long is our real answer going to be? Man, yeah. Ken, do you want to go first on on your venue and lineup thoughts for yeah, your yeah. Star Wars comedy show? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go. I got a lineup in place, and and we'll see here. But uh, there's there's different kind of venues. So I, I've chosen Chalman's Cantina, and, and and you might have some similar ones too, Joseph. Chalman's Cantina, Canto Bite, and Bright Tree Village represent three stand-up comic shows. And to be honest, like I'm focusing on kind of that end here. Uh, I have been to the real world version of doing shows at Chalman's, and I know you have as well, Joseph, where you mm -hmm. walk in and you're like, we shouldn't be here. <laughs> I had to flee at Chalman's uh, <laughs> at one point, my friend and I, because we felt it was no longer safe. <laughs> I walked in with my uh, old roommate. Uh, he was headlined. I was supporting him. We go to a bar out in Corona where we were booked at a comedy show that they had weekly, by the way, we walk in and everyone turns around and the bartender, the manager, uh, a woman runs around the corner. And she goes, wait, wait, are you guys the comics? And we went, yeah. And there, she goes, it's okay, everybody. And they're the comics. And we had, we were inching back towards the door. Cause otherwise strangers ain't welcome around here. Strangers ain't welcome, especially looking like you and your pretty Hollywood shirts. It was a thing, man. It was Pee Wee walking into that biker bar and screaming, I'm trying to use the phone. It was, it was uh, so there's those kind of shows. I used, I did a show up in Palmdale, California at a bar that I, and I've made references before in, in shows. It was closed down a week after because they had a double homicide there for the <laughs> second time. And they shut the place down and the comedy Someone show. Someone pulled a blaster on Obi-Wan is what yeah. happened. Yes. So there's Chalman's Cantina. Cantobite is like going to a casino, a little different crowd. You're kind of worried. Are they going to laugh? Are they going to get your references? And the Bright Tree Village is like that new spot post-war, post-fall of the empire, where maybe the Ewoks are trying to open up, maybe get a little uh, tourism. You know, come see the the site of the uh, end of the war, the, the main, main, main end of the war, and then you could op open up a club on Jakku later on. But where it's like kind of new and you're wondering who the booker is and you're like, who, hey, who's running Bright Tree? Anyone here? <laughs> Anyone know who's running Bright Tree? It's a new spot. I want to go to a new market. Those Bright Tree also seems a little bit like an indie spot, you know, yes. it, and, and those exist everywhere. But like certainly in Los Angeles, too, when I first moved here, there was like any any restaurant you pass is like, yeah, they probably got a back room that somebody's doing comedy in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those rooms where I'm like, I want to fit in there, but I'm, I don't, which is weird because I don't fit in the other spot. <laughs> so, uh, you'd fit in fine. Uh, Bright Tree Village. So those are my venues. Uh, I don't know if you want to launch. Uh, I can go into the lineup if you want. Sir. Yeah, no, let, let's. We'll, yeah, we'll trade off on okay. venues. Yeah, I. I this is always a fun question for me because I want to answer uh, lots of fun venues. But the truth is the vast majority of uh, like public places we see where people would believably perform stand up comedy are absolute nightmare venues where your show will go horribly and you're not physically safe. Chalman's hell gig, right? Outlander Club might look fancy. They might pay you good money, but no one is there for that oh. at all. Jabba's Palace. That's a trap. Right. Yeah. That you, they claim you want that, but you know, I was even thinking like Dryden Voss's yacht of like, Oh man, that would be like, we've hired, you know, a real headliner that that would be where a headliner has a terrible gig because it's just there to look, look classy and look entertaining. But you know, half of them are drunk. Half of them are like Imperials that you can't say the wrong thing or they're, <laughs> they're going to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, almost every actual venue in star Wars is a nightmare. So I thought of bright tree village as well. Okay, great. Because it's a place where we, particularly like in a like a larger, uh, you know, banquet space, mm -hmm. <laughs> a banquet tree. Uh, but like where we see three PO tell that story, like that's actually a good room, right? Because it's, it's a great room. 
It's warm. It's focused. The point of the room is to look at somebody else and listen. (laughs) And that's what you need. So uh, Bright Tree Village, and then this is my way out of the box one, is I was thinking about like none of the bars or criminal gangster places, they have stages, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but no one's actually going to give you their full focus. So it's like where in Star Wars is designed for people to sit and listen to the speaker, the performer. I want to lower the lights. I want to maybe add some curtains and I want to do stand up in the home one meeting room. Oh, that's great. That's a good one. Right. Because you got you got the seating. It's a little bit of a thrust stage. It's curved, which is great energy for comedy. So the the performer is separated, but it is also still kind of among you. So it just feels much more intimate. Yeah, that's like a cruise ship, but a better version of it. Right. Yeah. And then Canto Bite. Yeah, for sure. We we did see there's we haven't seen it, but there's some huge Vegas stage. And that would be fun, too, because that's like big performing uh, like for is a theatrical event. Yeah. 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 Intimate stand up. Home one or Bright Tree Village. Love it. Yeah. Love that there. Okay. And the Outlander Club. You're, the Outlander Club. I once did a show in Huntington Beach during the NBA finals and we got there and the bar manager turned off the game and told <laughs> everyone there it's time for comedy. <laughs> I, I I did that once too, but they did. They just turned off the sound on a baseball game and it was still playing behind me while I had to like philosophical jokes about the meaning of life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Outlander scared me too. Yeah. Great. Uh, the home one, the home one. Cause you know, that's a gig that they're like, they know the tension of the, the, the you know, it's almost like a USO in a way, like let's bring in some rebel, some rebel members. And we're going to, we're going to entertain you with some comedy stylings. Exactly. Cause that's, that's the other thing is like comedy should happen when it's, when it's wanted. <laughs> when it's needed like i know a lot of people like road warriors in particular they have a skill set and it's amazing it's it's a talent to turn a room to go like i th- i know you think you didn't want to hear comedy but i'll get you but yeah. i so much prefer uh you know performing for an audience is like i came here on purpose because i need to release some tension and this is what i want is to hear some jokes yeah, I, I could seriously talk comedy with you for hours because it's just you, you're just making me laugh and it, it, it wonderful, insightful stuff. And then to turn it to Star Wars this is a great, great yeah, this is great. Okay, yeah. So let's get back to Star Wars. Uh, so who who are your who are uh, your uh, what's your lineup? All right, all right. And I, I as always, the danger of crossover is is uh, fine, but like it's like a, you know, I'm one booker and you're another booker, so we're just you might have some same comics over there. I, I would start with and no, I'm not saying a running order yet, but I would start with Leia, obviously. And Carrie Fisher herself talking about one woman shows and just being a, a comedian in her own right. I mean, really, in, in every sense of that word, whether or not she was a typical stand-up or not, doesn't matter to me. She's so funny and so witty. So you imagine that translates to Leia. You and I were talking about it a lot recently. Like at Leia, like that last Jedi era Leia, where she's slapping Poe and a little more uh, just kind of, you know, doesn't care, is going to say what she needs to say. Like, I think that'd be a fun uh, Leia comic version there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Then uh, then then we'll go to uh, Beckett. Beckett is the old road warrior. His jokes are <laughs> probably not going to stand up. Uh, you might you might he might cause some eyeball eyeballs to roll and maybe some people to be like we, we yeah you know those jokes are those don't work anymore. But he's he's just that road dog like you said that's going to be there and um, but he's at the end of the rope. He's just going through the motions. Um, but I want to see what he's got to say. And then I have Lando. Now, Lando, I'm thinking particularly young Donald Glover, Lando. And now Donald Glover, genius in, in, in his own right in terms of comedy. We know that. But 
Lando there, and I am the biggest Lando fan uh, in the world, right? You know I love Lando the character. But Lando is that comic that maybe isn't as genius as he thinks he is. But he's got some good bits, but man, does he love to talk. Yeah, yeah, go, go. I was going to say, Lando is that perfect person who is legitimately cracks up his friends because he's really funny and charming when it's yeah. just a rambling conversation. Yeah. But then he goes on stage and his story has no structure. He, <laughs> he's not good on transitions. It's just him rambling about crap that happened to him. And it's really funny when you're just sitting and hanging out with him, but it is not structured as a performance. Man, I do a lot of shows with people like that. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's funny. He's, and, and he gets by by on his energy and personality. So you, you want him on the show maybe early because he's going to get people loose. He's going to, he's going to, you know, uh, take some food from the table and a joke and have some fun. And people are going to like him. They're not necessarily going to laugh at him, but they're going to like him, and they're and it's going to be uh, fun. So then, from there, uh, <laughs> we go to Chopper. Uh, maybe with some translating, uh, you know, uh, screens up there. Chopper being just that cynical, uh, you know, not quite Lewis Black ranting comic, but just the one who's just kind of so <laughs> cynical and maybe uh, self-loathing enough, but also confident enough to tell the jokes uh, and energy there as well. And then. I don't think they need to be a duo. I'm certainly not slotting one slot for two wonderful characters, but the idea of Rose Tico and Cato Connick's mm. being these comics. And, and I've seen some duo teams that are really good in my days. Ones that no one has even, even heard, but there's what I like about them is I think they could both be, uh, I mean, Billy Lord herself is, is, is great. Um, and, and Kelly Marie Tran comes from a, a comedy background too, as well. But the characters are those characters that, that I, I even see myself and you and I, Joseph, different styles uh, of upbringing, even comedy, but kind of the same focus of we were the ones in the back of the room, not getting the attention. And this is how we talk and communicate with the world. And we have a lot to say on it. Uh, and, and Rose Tico and Gato Codex being in the background, especially Rise of Skywalker, I'm thinking where they're like, man, yeah, we got some thoughts. You want to hear them? And they're pretty fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think they would be great. So and then my um, final one here is Luke Skywalker from Octo. Oh, yeah. The yeah, old, is he the is he the headliner? He's the headliner. He's the old grizzled guy. Um he's got a lot of stories. You're going to know him. You remembered him from his run in the 70s and 80s. You remember that guy? But he's got some different takes and different stories. You know, just think of that uh, you know, where are you from? Uh Jakku. Well, that is nowhere. That kind of energy. That kind of Luke uh telling some stories taking you through a little bit of storytelling more than comedy at this point in his career. Uh, but you're, he's going to get by and, and, and then Hamill himself being kind of witty and cheeky kind of, you know, I don't mind that the, the Luke that, that brushes the the crate dirt off his uh, force projected shoulders is also a little of the energy I'm looking for. And he brings it home and he closes the show. Oh no, I, that is a great, great lineup uh, and a little bit of overlap, but I think uh, uh, portioned out differently here. Um, but man, I, I love Luke. Yeah, because he could definitely like l l let me let me uh, let you in behind the scenes. He's like that that famous person who has like a lot of great bits about what really happened on the set of this amazing, funny yeah. movie that you love. <laughs> like you want you want to know what it was really like? I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell take you. A, a big slug of my green milk, and then I'll tell you what it was really like. Oh, oh, definitely has some green milk on on stage with him <laughs> for sure. Is dribbling on his uh, on his robes, uh, yeah. So I think for me, uh, as it, sort of MC host, uh, I got Finn. I think oh, that's great. Finn would do great crowd work. Finn has, uh, especially like by the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, when he's like he's all in, 
and he knows that, you know, what he wants to do is help everybody stand positive, stand together. He, you know, it can get so annoying at stand up shows when you're like, you know, hey, is everybody excited? That didn't sound very excited. Like, clap, put your hands together, you know, keep it going, keep it going. Like, Finn would be able to do the keep it going in a sincere way. Yeah. Uh, and would be able to use the force to feel, literally interpret from the audience and feel. <laughs> if he needed to say keep it going or like they're actually quite excited don't need to say keep it going anymore that's a great that's a great if finn is a host that's perfect that's great. yeah he'd have a couple of good jokes he'd be working them out but he'd, he'd be so great at crowd work he'd be really good at like sincerely doing they're like you know so where are you from <laughs> yeah. you know how, how was the food really and just having like some light fun banter with the audience yeah. uh then i think uh the the opener for me uh is shriv Oh God, I forgot about Shriv. Oh, that's great. Because oh, he's great. he's a little he's a little cynical, but not like super dark. Not like, oh, we're actually worried about you. <laughs> you know, he he's gonna be super relatable, right? He's gonna be telling you about like you know the uh, weird infection uh, he got in his uh, crotch from his flight suit, you know, and just like yeah, Bakta doesn't do anything for that, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> He'd be getting a lot of good laughs, uh, and then I, I'd throw in some weird acts. Um, I think uh, Lobot would do uh, this, uh, not really a stand-up set, but he would do a uh, mime act where he played music and then he pretended to sing, but it was like big and exaggerated and weird. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. And this actually came to mind because it's actually how Jerry Lewis's career started. He didn't want to speak on stage, so he would do, do this bit where he'd bring like a record player on stage and he would like play opera music and then like super over the top act it out and like collapse and have his tongue stuck out of his mouth and have to right. put it back in. And Lobot would do bit like that. I love that. I love that. Uh, and then I realized I didn't have a road warrior. I had to add it while we were talking. I think the road warrior that I would add, the one who would just be like, uh, I don't care what mood you're in. I'm going to make you laugh is a uh, grief carga. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, that's a, oh, grief and Beckett. That's a great tour doing a lot of casinos in the Midwest. Right. And I think, I think grief would barely have jokes. <laughs> he would just kind of yell at you about the way it is from his perspective. Right. Like you think those are good shoes. Those shoes are terrible. Am I right? Look at those shoes. Look, this person thinks these shoes are good. They all hate your shoes. He would just, uh, yeah, absolute road warrior. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd throw 3PO up there for a few minutes to do uh, anti-comedy, you know, comedy that yep. is so bad it's good. Yep, yep. For just a minute. Uh, and then uh, I would close with Leia. Leia would be my headliner. Um, yeah. I, I love I love your Luke take, and that that's a great, a great switch up. But, you know, every time we've got any question even remotely like this, like Leia to me in universe is the obvious headliner she is laser focused super fast uh super intelligent uh one of the greatest characters to mix a uh, snark and hope mm -hmm. so like she doesn't leave you like depressed and devastated <laughs> yeah but you know she tells you uh, uh like it is from her perspective and you know i think she's a character who can absolutely provide catharsis and that's my favorite comedy is when you go to a dark place for the explicit point of bringing joy of this great alchemy of comedy that can turn a bad thing into a good thing that when you can truly share like here's this awful thing that happened to me or this awful thing in the world and i'm not making light of it i am generating catharsis 
by just looking at it, admitting it, and and releasing its power over me by poking fun at it and 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 having it suddenly become a joyful thing because everybody's laughing about it. You know, it, yeah. that is to me the ultimate goal of comedy, and Leia's so primed to do that. Uh, you so well, you so well stated. Yeah, absolutely. Carrie Fisher in real life, and Leia, she's been through some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's got some like you can't joke about it but here's my alderon joke yeah like <laughs> yeah i can, uh, yeah, I can always see you know it's real horrible to lose your family that way but think of the funeral costs i saved it's a great way to look at, you know i'm sure she could go down that path i'm she's got a bunch of great jokes of like yes you know i was i was married to a person it, none of you have ever heard of him that right there gets a laugh because they all know she's talking about han right <laughs> And she just she goes she nothing no truth is spared about uh, her life with Han. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Uh, anyway, great question, Alden. Oh man, I love. Yeah, it's just uh, that's a great intersection of things we we love and have experienced. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Every, Welcome. Sorry. Every 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 comic uh, archetype you're talking about, I'm picturing faces and names. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, Alden also asked about comparing them to real life uh, comedians, but uh, I think you could probably intuit uh, yeah. some of those uh, and uh, probably should move on to our next and final question. Y any more thoughts, Ken? Uh, no, other than that's going to be a, a four hour podcast, uh, four center uh, docuseries comedy as Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. Looking forward to that. Our final question comes from Joshua Thorne. Joshua says, when they eventually do a The Last Jedi from a certain point of view book, how many stories would you hope to have based off of the opening sequence? Just imagine a Captain Kennedy story, a story in the head of Paige Tico, one from the TIE fighter pilot that crashed into the first bomber. They could do the entire book just on those first 15 minutes. Uh, this is a great, great question. Very fun to imagine. And if, Ken, they continued the... The from a certain point of view books being a celebration of the 40th anniversary, ah. we can look forward to this book in 2057. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just took out a life insurance policy today. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> yes, uh, I will. I will love this book if I'm alive. I just want to be alive. That's all I want. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, though? A, in a theoretical Last Jedi from a certain point of view book, are you excited to see different perspectives of that opening scene? And, and what do you want? Yeah, no, Joshua, this is a great question because you dig in, you, you know, you, you can make the joke of, you know, the, 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 the New Hope one spent, you know, pages upon pages in the cantina. But as it should have, there's just every corner has a story. And I was focusing on that that opening sequence. It's it's definitely one of my favorite in Star Wars and and, and a lot of folks. And there's a lot of stories, a lot of perspectives in that and what it means. So, you know, for me, I'm a I, I, big fan of Tally Lintra. I've talked about that before. That'd be great to, you know, the, the farm girl that joined the battle and get her thoughts and get her story uh, there uh, is one as well. Uh, I think Captain Peavy standing next to, to Hux, you know, what a story. It's probably similar to Captain Kennedy. He probably has some shared notes with Captain Kennedy. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, uh that one um that one will work and then uh, a couple ones I, i'm sure i want to <laughs> sorry what? just imagine the captain pv one being called i think he's tooling <laughs> i think he's tooling with you oh that'd be great uh, a couple that uh, uh one i i put pc pz forcio I, I i know pz is a character you uh droid you love too so i don't know yeah connect and then and then two for me um oh three sorry i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna list all the names but Voberdan. 
Well, we're taking mm. in there, V. Uh, I'm going to put the bomber whose name I refuse to know, but it's actually a Nick's jerd because I missed that question in a big schmo down and got eliminated <laughs> kind of off that one a little bit. Uh, that That's the bomber you see uh, for just a short amount of time before Paige has to step on up there. So a little bit of that story there. And then the, the, the final one for me, I, don't, I know what you think about this. It could be on your list too, but uh, Snoke. Ooh. I think you'd yes. hold, for that book, you'd hold Snoke out for probably a little bit later, but there's something about, Snoke in that moment uh, that intrigues me. Yeah, no, a lot of great choices. Um, I in that opening scene, I think one of the characters that I would be intrigued from from to hear from is one of the other crew members on that dreadnought. Right mm-hmm. of uh, there's been some good moments of those of of really understanding like what people think they're involved in, and I can imagine like a really great tragic story of like a young crew member who really thinks like this is it. The first order is totally mm. correct in their, you know, ideology that I've been fed. And this is the, the moment yeah. where it, we're going to wipe them out and you know, everything's going to be great. I'm going to be the guy who gets to push the button and then realizing that it's all gone horribly South. I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. Uh, the other big last Jedi one, which follows a lot from empire strikes back is I truly want the, the Thal sirens perspective. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? What is the Thal Siren sitting, uh, thinking about when you're just sitting there, uh, sunning themselves? <laughs> yeah. Hey, take the milk if you want. That's cool by me. I don't yep. care. Turns out it's uh, more sensitive and is a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and and of course the the Lene caretakers, their their pirate husbands coming home for their whatever it is party. I can't remember how often if it's monthly or yeah. every once a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely want to hear from the uh, pirate Lene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of great options. Very exciting to think about all these years from now where maybe they'll move it up to a 10th anniversary book for Last Jedi. Yeah, might as well. Get it out there. Get it out there. Content. Yeah, Content. It's all coming. More and more content. Uh, Those are the questions this week. Like I said, we'll be back to our full complement of four questions and getting those Twitter questions next week uh, as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Great stuff. Uh, man, we'll, we'll be talking about comedy f- off air for hours now about that. Brief, <laughs> brief cargo set. Uh, great stuff. A lot of fun. If you want to find, find us or connect, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast. We're available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Don't forget Amazon Music and Spotify. Merch is available at slash user slash Force Center. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. And through there, we'll have information shortly on how to get your hands on that wonderful commemorative poster, exclusive poster coming your way to celebrate the 1,000th. Uh, what's It's a hard word to say. 1,000th. 1,000th. Total broadcast. I, you, I, we even recorded and I was having trouble saying it on the broadcast. Episode. You no, know, I, yeah. I, I, spoilers. I fumbled it. And then I heard you say 1,000 episodes instead of 1,000th episode. It's like, yeah. he's so smart to just say 1,000 episodes instead of 1,000th episode, which is quite hard to say. Just shout out numbers, just numbers. But anyways, that exclusive poster designed by Brian Ward is going to be available uh, through Patreon. We'll have more information soon. Uh, we got our own stuff going on as well. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack or KenNapsack.com. Uh, we always like to highlight uh, things... Um, we uh, love to plug in. Uh, Be the match is something that I'm uh, part of as well. Uh, that is the uh, registry where you can become a, a bone marrow donor. Uh, it's something that's uh, still very much needed. Go to be the match.org for more information about becoming a donor or how to support Joseph. 
Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still having a ton of fun uh, sharing some of my many action figures on there and, and poking some fun at uh, my beloved action figures. If you're interested in other comedy adventures, my podcast Obsessed uh, links to uh, to uh, comedy albums, all that kind of stuff. It's on my website at josephscrimshot.com. And the thing that I would like to advocate for today is a resource called AmericanForce.org, an organization called AmericanForce.org. Uh, they do a lot to promote just planting some more trees, which uh, helps uh, our world. But in particular, uh, they've got this uh, program called Tree Equity, and it's this great uh, study and taking action on uh, what a difference trees make in urban environments and how uh, a lot of times it, it isn't really equitable where trees are and what a big difference they make uh, to the health of the city, to the health of the people in the neighborhood. Uh, to me, it, it is something I care about a lot in real life. And it just is so Star Wars. It is, uh, it is using nature to make life better for everyone. So I like it a lot. Check out AmericanForest.org. Love that. Well said, sir. Good, 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 good organization. Excellent. All right, my friends, that is Force Center for this week. We'll be back with a deep dive and uh, look for episode 1000th coming your way <laughs> very shortly. Uh, so for all the comics, making it happen and making laughs in the galaxy. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 